Edgar Allan Poe is dead. He died in Baltimore the day before yesterday. This announcement will startle many, but few will be grieved by it. The poet was well known personally or by reputation in all this country. He had readers in England and in several states of continental Europe. But he had few or no friends. The regrets for his death will be suggested principally by the consideration that in him, literary art lost one of its most brilliant but erratic stars. After Griswold left the mansion of Dr. Prospero, I felt I had no choice but to avoid returning home. Would Rufus be there? Or Dr. Roloff? I could not be certain, so I chose to take up an invitation to visit my old friend, Mr. Roderick Usher. He lived not terribly far from the mansion, so the journey there would be short. I can't say for certain, though, that Roderick was not under the piles of bodies in Dr. Prospero's house. I understand they were friends. It is I, Edgar Poe. I'm here for Roderick Usher. He invited me here some days ago. Edgar? Roderick. Oh my god. Come inside from the cold. Thank you for coming. I was worried you wouldn't make it out this far. I wouldn't turn down an invitation from my oldest friend. Oh, you look like hell, Edgar. Have you just seen a ghost? You could say that, yes. Well, I invited you here, Edgar, because as of late, uh, I've been feeling some kind of malady, uh, which I cannot quite shake. You mentioned that in your letter. I thought uh, perhaps I could have you here a while and help me to break my spell. A spell of what, Roderick? Acute uh, anxiety. But what better way to alleviate my symptoms than with time spent with one of my boon companions in boyhood? An excellent idea, Roderick. Well, I'm here. A drink? With pleasure. A toast. To you, Edgar Poe. May your writing career be long and lucrative. And may my affliction soon pass. Why do you look as if you've come face to face with a demon? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Humor me. I'm at the Red Death tonight. The killer? Yes. Where? I'd rather not say. Doing so might exacerbate your condition. Ah, uh, good point. More on you, Roderick. What has been ailing you so? It's a... familial and constitutional evil which affects me. I shall perish by it. I must perish in this deplorable folly. Thus, thus and not otherwise shall I be lost. I dread the events of the future, not in themselves, but in their results. I shudder at the thought of any, even the most trivial incident, which may operate upon this intolerable agitation of soul. 
I have indeed no abhorrence of danger, except in its absolute effect, in terror. In this unnerved, in this pitiable condition, I feel that the period will sooner or later arrive when I must abandon life and reason together in some struggle with the grim phantasm fear. You're not speaking straight, Roderick. What are you saying? I am going to die before the week's end, I think. Do not speak like that. Why do you believe such a ludicrous thing? You're healthy. You've got spoils. Madeline is healthy. Oh, but she isn't. No, sir. How do you mean? Madeline is suffering from something particularly evil. Something that I don't believe has a name. What afflicts her, Roderick? Some kind of death in life. Catatonic in nature. If you see her walking the halls tonight, you likely will not see her again in this lifetime. My God. Her decease will leave me the last of the ancient race of the ushers. Roderick? Madeline, why are you up? I heard voices. Yes, yes, Madeline, it is just me. Me and Edgar Poe. You remember him, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. Hello, Mr. Poe. How do you do, Madeline? You should be resting, Madeline. You're right, Roderick. I'll go back to my chambers. If you need anything, do call for me. I will. Good night, Mr. Poe. Good night, Madeline. Do you see what I mean, Edgar? I do. Emaciated, and only getting worse. You remember her when we were children, do you not? Cheeks as rosy as can be. Yes, and full of life. It breaks my heart, Edgar, to see her like this. Has no doctor come to visit her? Only one. And... He had no clue what was going on with her. So she's been wasting away for weeks now. Edgar, I must go get some rest now. Of course. I will see you in the morning. I'll ensure there's ample breakfast for us. Perfect. Good night, Roger. Good night. Madeline's name was unmentioned by neither Roderick nor myself, and during this period I was busied in earnest endeavors to alleviate the melancholy of my friend. We painted and read together, or I listened as if in a dream to the wild improvisations of his speaking guitar. And thus, as a closer and still intimacy admitted me more unreservedly into the recesses of his spirit, the more bitterly did I perceive the futility of all attempt at cheering a mind from which darkness as if an inherent positive quality poured forth upon all objects of the moral and physical universe in one unceasing radiation of gloom. In the meantime, I pondered what to do about Dr. Ruloff's papers. I have them with me now. I cannot decide yet whether or not to publish them. Perhaps I will leave them with Roger.
Edgar. Edgar, come quickly. What is it, Roger? She's... She's dead. Madeline is dead. Oh. Roger. We must entomb her immediately. Of course. There is a cellar we can place her in. Largely unused and unvisited. But... But Madeline always liked the quiet. Then place her there we shall. After we put her in that cellar, Roderick became more perturbed by the day. His usual gloominess made way for frantic pacing throughout the halls. A new life was breathed into him, but it was the life of a madman. He had these fantastic and impressive superstitions that Madeline would somehow return to him in due time. Sleeplessness occupied the man's mind. After seven or eight nights, I too found that sleep would not find my bedside. After some nights, I heard footsteps in front of my door, which I immediately recognized to be those of Roderick. He tapped lightly at my door, and like a sudden gale, he threw the door open with mad hilarity in his eyes. And you have not seen it? Seen what, Roderick? You have not seen it, then. But stay. You shall. I shall see what? There, out the window. You mustn't. You shall not behold this. These appearances which bewilder you, Roderick, are merely electrical phenomena not uncommon, or it may be that they have their ghastly origin in the rank miasma of the tarn below us. The air is chilling and dangerous to your frame. Here is one of your favorite romances. I will read, and you shall listen. And so we will pass away this terrible night together. Yes, 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 yes. Do read to me, Edgar. My mind is too unsettled for anything but a story. Of course, Roderick. Is that mad tryst by Canning? It is. Skip to the part I love. Will you, Edgar? You know the part. Certainly. And Ethelred, who is by nature of a doughy heart, and who was now mighty withal, on account of the powerfulness of the wine which he had drunken, waited no longer to hold parley with the hermit, who, in sooth, was of an obstinate and maliceful turn, but... Feeling the rain upon his shoulders, and fearing the rising of the tempest, uplifted his mace outright, and with blows made quickly room in the plankings of the door for his gauntleted hand. And now, pulling there with sturdily, he is so cracked and ripped, and tore all asunder, that the noise of the dry and hollow-sounding wood alarmed and reverberated throughout the forest. Why have you stopped? I... I can't be certain, but I hear the things which I am describing. How do you mean? Shh, listen. Do you hear it? I don't hear anything, Edgar. My God! Madeline! Roger. Madeline. She's not- Madeline! What are you doing? She's dead, Roderick. No. No. Did we bury her alive, Roderick? Roderick. Roderick. I... I... Yes. Yes. I buried her alive. Why would you do that? Why? Roderick. Roderick. Get up, Roderick. Oh, God. God. <sighs>
I won't leave you here, Roderick. I cannot. I, I, I know who can help you, Roderick. I will find her for you. Listener, it is true. My name is Roderick Usher. I died October 3rd, 1849. Edgar couldn't bear to leave my body in the house as it collapsed, so he took me with him to find someone he believed could revive me. Her name is, at present, not known, although she goes by Ms. Smith, the Mesmerist. Edgar Allan Poe. Poe? What in God's name are you doing here at this hour? How did you find me? There's no time, Miss Smith. Please, I, I need your help. What do you know of resurrection? Resurrection? Mr. Poe, didn't what I tell you some months ago not terrify it you? It did, but my friend... He needs help. I will have no part in this, Mr. Poe. Please, Miss Smith, I beg of you. Please. Fine. Come inside. It's cold. Is this your friend? His name is Usher. He died not two hours ago. It's not too late to save him. I won't do it, Poe. He is my only friend, Miss Smith. Please. I'm going to hell already, Mr. Poe. But if you ask me for this, you're hellbound as well. If it means saving Roderick, so be it. Have you done this before? I haven't. Is it, is it possible? To the world, no, it isn't. No mortal can play God. Between us? Yes. Between us, it is possible. The world cannot know of this, though. The world isn't ready. How long has resurrection been possible? As long as man walked the earth. What do we need to help Roderick? I only need one thing. What is it? You, Poe. How do you mean? God isn't so gracious as to just bring someone back for nothing. It's a soul for a soul, Poe. In order to bring one back, another must die. My God. Your God, precisely. Sacrifice. I'd have to kill another human. Yes. I couldn't kill an innocent person. There is one option, which you likely haven't considered. Me? Yes. It could be me. I'm not an innocent man. How do you mean? I've killed a lot of people. You have? I am responsible for individuals killing others so that they might have a story for me to publish. Strange, I know, but... You've surely seen Stranger. Poe, if you do this, you need to understand that you will not see another sunrise. You will not write another story, recite another poem, or sit by the grave of your wife again. Once you're dead, you're dead. I will be with Virginia again. You might. You might. 
It may not have been your hand that slayed these poor people, but your stories, your pen, it is dripping with their blood. We just know that he's told you some things that we believe would shed some light on why he might have committed this atrocity. I'll go out and get some now. There's no use! I'm already dead. My body just doesn't know it yet. You, you bring death everywhere you go. You attract it. I do not. I write, Rufus. I write. There is no saving of my soul. Mr. Poe, but you've hope yet. I will go on for both of us. Until we can be together again. Poe? Poe? Poe! Yeah, yes. Yes. I'll do it. I'll do it. May I have a moment with him before I go? Of course. Roderick, I'm placing a story in your pocket. Publish it for me, please. Goodbye, old friend. I'll tell Madeline you love her. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for taking you away from her now. I've lived a difficult life. It's time you live yours. Miss Smith, I, I am ready. Are you sure? Yes. Do what must be done. He was, at times, a dreamer, dwelling in ideal realms in heaven or hell, peopled with creations and the accidents of his brain. He walked the streets in madness or melancholy, with lips moving in indistinct curses, or with eyes upturned in passionate prayers for the happiness of those who at that moment were objects of his idolatry. But never for himself, for he felt, or professed to feel, that he was already damned. He seemed except when some fitful pursuit subjected his will and engrossed his faculties, always to bear the memory of some controlling sorrow. Edgar Allan Poe died on October 7th, 1849. He allowed himself to pass on so that I could be here, he was buried in Baltimore, next to his wife. Very few attended his funeral. In the many years since his death, Poe's influence is still felt on the world. The master of the macabre still lingers in the psyches of everyone who has been graced by his madness. After I was brought back, I felt it would be right to publish the story of the fall of the House of Usher under Poe's name. I also published The Mask of the Red Death for him. It was a way of honoring the man who sacrificed himself for me. What Ms. Smith hadn't considered, however, was the impact of resurrecting me. Through some kind of damnation, I was given an eternal life, doomed to wander the earth endlessly. 
I fled Baltimore shortly after Poe's body was lowered into the ground, vowing never to return. So I moved around. London, 1888. Chicago, 1893. Halfway through the 1930s, however, I found myself back in Baltimore. Every January 19th since 1934, I visit my old friend's grave. I say a few words, both of gratitude and of anger, for giving me this life. After some time, my actions garnered some notice. It's been a while since I've been the one to leave a note and a bottle of cognac on the grave of my friend. Someone else has since taken up that mantle. But, if you look closely, I am there. I have been there every year. Listener, you've come to the end of this story. I hope you've managed to endure the horror and hardships of the 19th century. In some time, I might feel it necessary to share some other stories that I've had the misfortune of witnessing. Thank you for joining me these weeks, listener. If you ever see me, don't be afraid to say hello. Until we meet again. Good night. <laughs>